and welcome to another episode of the Riverdale Register. One of the final episodes of, of the, Riverdale the Riverdale Register. Register. Yay! Um, my name is Caitlin. My name is John. And welcome to one of the final episodes of the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. His name is John. And we are here to bring you a very exciting episode of Riverdale. Will you miss that bit specifically, audience? I, I don't Let think... us know in the comments. <laughs> is it a bit or is it just I never know how to get into it, so I just have to, Right. Well, it's, it's more like a choice at a certain point. A that you never, We never chose to write an intro. We could have, but why? Why? I don't know, Caitlin, why? I don't know. Why not? Anyway, do you want to know what the title of the episode is? No, I want to know if our audience has said anything to us. Okay, so they have said something to us. So I, we actually got a lot more of like chunks of comments because this was a big episode. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. So instead of reading all the comments, what I'm just going to do is pull out a funny question that I didn't notice and I'm curious if you did. Why is Betty's ponytail back? This is asked by Kimberly Rose. Hi, Kimberly Rose. Thank you for asking us a question. So why, why is her ponytail back? I didn't notice. I didn't notice either. But I do think it's interesting that it's back because it's like full circle, like Betty's coming ah! into her own. Are you done, Stella? What do you mean she's coming to her own? Like this is the moment where Betty finally talks to her mom. She finally understands what's actually going on. And now she's finally able to be the Betty that she has been fighting to be all season. Is that what happened? No, this was Ethel's episode, actually. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but... I saw Betty forgive a person for... Being a no monster. Good reason. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> like letting someone entirely off the hook for doing terrible, awful things to protect a man who has barely been on screen the entire season. Not really to protect a man, but to protect an idea of a family that was already awful. Doesn't really explain why she kicked Polly out of the family. Doesn't really explain um, right. a lot of little things she's done. Yeah. Um, yeah. The I... fat shaming. <laughs> like, I don't know. This is a nice question. It feels like the least of all the concerns to ask about for this episode. It was it was in a larger chunk of text, um, but that was a that was a question okay. I got. Um, but it was kind of nice to see Betty's ponytail back. I don't remember it that well, but I do think that it probably meant something symbolic. I'm not totally sure what it was if it wasn't that. So, there. If anyone that. has an in with the Riverdale hair and makeup departments, Ooh. we would love to know. That would actually be really a fun group to interview. That would be fun. We do have three episodes left now, We're but, almost out. <laughs> but I would talk to them. Well, this is chapter 135 for A Better Tomorrow. So I found the title of the chapter, and I think that it is based on a 1968 Hong Kong action film directed and co-written by John Woo and starring T. Lung, Leslie Chung, Chow Yun, uh, Chow Yun Fat, I think is how you say it. Film had a profound influence on Hong Kong action cinema and has been recognized as a landmark film credited with setting the template for the heroic bloodshed genre with considerable influence on both the Hong Kong film industry and Hollywood. You think this episode is based off a huh? Chow Yun Fat Chinese action movie? Do you know who that is? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Is he famous? <laughs> I don't really know much about action movies. I'm sorry. That is like a big, like... He's kind of a big deal. He's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I think. don't... Are you sure? No, I'm never sure. <laughs> Did you find something better? I have not. That just feels wrong. <laughs> that feels wrong. Well, look. Look. It could be wrong. But you know what could be right? This. Just like a 1986 Hong Kong action film from John Woo. 
That's what I'm thinking. Is the inspiration for the title of this episode this of episode Riverdale. This episode that has many of the same similarities as, as this. Name three. Well, they're both on the screens. <laughs> and they both have people in it. And, um... <sighs> oh... Okay, okay, okay. The movie the movie has some things to do with hiding criminality from people, which this movie uh, and this TV show, they both have that element. Okay, that's one. Yes. Um, there is a death in this movie, um, and there is um, other things that happen as well. There's a corrupt policeman in this movie, and there's a corrupt milkman person in this episode of Riverdale. I think I There's a corrupt policeman in the episode of Riverdale. <laughs> There's a corrupt policeman in this episode of Riverdale. That's probably more of what it is. Okay, so this is definitely based on the, I truly yeah, I couldn't find anything more obvious through a quick Google. Um they did it again, folks. It's no skip pot and pot and thump or whatever. I really think there's like a. Uh, I'm starting to wonder if there is a writer's PA or assistant in the room whose job is to do the title thing, and at a certain point they just started making stuff up. My when my they couldn't get stuff past whoever my, whoever is the 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 person that okay's the titles of the episode. My thinking is like it's the script coordinator who yeah. it's like they like wanted they to couldn't do... clear something. Yeah. And so they just kind of picked a quote from the episode instead and um they're all like who cares <laughs> last it's, three episodes. It's only... why would we put more effort into these? <laughs> it's only those two podcasters who care. Yeah. And th- we're going to drive them and, crazy. And like they're eight fans. <laughs> right, exactly. There is there are at least 12 people who download this <laughs> podcast each week. I just want to say, I know we joke about it being like a small number, but there's at least 12. Come on, John. And that's not including our phones. Our phones are not included in that. So, you know, I don't listen, but I do download it, you know, to be supportive <laughs> of us. I've never listened to the show once it's out on the internet. I've listened. I edited to, it. Yeah, I listened to it like... Early on, I remember I was so excited to listen to our Scream podcast yeah. that I would listen to it multiple times, like a fucking psycho. No way. I swear to God. And then I was like, why are you doing that? You were there. You don't need to listen to it a second time. Like, all, I, all I really want is for you to do, like, if you do a listen, just to be like, hey, yeah. you left in something that yeah. you definitely meant to edit out. I, on the podcast, I will say, on the podcast where I know that we had, like, a really, like, long thing, I will listen. I'll right. be like, wait, let me just make sure that You'll we You'll notice when we, yeah. Yeah. Just, or like if there was something where I was like, oh, we definitely got it. Right. If I kazooed over a certain person's <laughs> right. name. You guys will never know who that is. <laughs> and I think that is the funniest part. Not like anyone really cares. Maybe I'll tell somebody Who you have beef with? Well, who it doesn't matter because they're on strike right now. So right. you're, doing, you're making more money than they are at the exactly. moment. Exactly. Yeah. One-sided beef. <laughs> One-sided. Hey, this episode was written by two people. Ooh, two people. Two people who've written a bunch of episodes before. Ted Sullivan and Greg Murray. Cool, cool, cool. Ted Sullivan's latest this season was the episode Peep Show. Oh, with the Peep Show. I mean, uh, yes, actually. Yeah, literally with the Peep Show. And Greg Murray wrote Tales in a Jugular Vein. Oh, that was fun. That was a fun one. It I liked was that okay. one. I enjoyed it. And this episode was directed by Gregory Smith. Don't remember who that is. I'm so sorry. You definitely know who is this is. Is this Megan is missing? He's like the young boy from the cop shows in Canada who then became a director. Oh, wait, do we talk about him? You, you're a fan. Wait, am I a fan? You were excited <laughs> when I showed you a picture of this man. Wait, I don't remember seeing 
happened? What that was that boy? Oh my god, <laughs> everyone! Yes. It was. I just want to clarify. It wasn't a cop show. That's why I was confused. He was in a Canadian cop show. Was it a different? But it's Rookie not Rookie Blue. Rookie Blue. <laughs> I did not watch that. I did watch though very little of Everwood, but I do know who he is. Well, he hasn't directed an episode of Riverdale since season four's Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, I have a story about that. I'll tell you off mic. About season four's Riverdale episode, Dog Day Afternoon? No, about Dog Day Afternoon, the movie. Okay. Yeah, right. it's a pretty crazy one. Uh, but he has done nine episodes of Superman and Lois, so I guess wow. that's what he's been up to. Yeah, good for him, working. I love that for him. Now that I know now who he is. Now that you know who he is. Yes. Such a fan. Such a fan. Helpfully, Riverdale broke this episode into four segments themselves. So you don't have to do Unhopefully, it. Unhopefully, two of them are in, intimately tied together, <laughs> and, I, and it's hard to tell when it's one person's story versus the other person's story. Are you talking about Betty and Ethel? Oh, no, that's all Betty. Oh. Huh. Why would it be about Ethel? Right. Well, of <laughs> Come on. Come on, Stella. Come here. You're the making way, The way this episode writes off Ethel <laughs> reminded me, actually, a great deal of how Pokemon wrote off mm-hmm. Misty. Oh, yeah. We, I think I might have talked, talked about, about this online. But yeah. just like the, Misty, here's your bike, bye mm-hmm. kind of energy is like the, she got her driver's license, so we never have to see her again. That's actually hilarious, though. Did you ever see Pokemon the Musical? The Musical? Yeah. No. I did not, but apparently Misty was in love with Ash in the Musical, and I remember as a child hearing somebody describe that to me, like, as again, I was a child. This bothered you as a kid? Yes. Yeah, like, she couldn't possibly be in love with Ash? I was like, there's no context for that. I was like, that's not in the show. Nothing she does could possibly mean. <laughs> right, and now as I get older, I see... She's definitely following him around because he stole her bike and she wants payment for it. Right, exactly. I mean, I was confused. But now I see, as an adult, yeah... Yeah. Yeah, mash forever, (laughs) as everyone says. So the storylines are The Mysterious Melting Man, Driver's Education, Shipping Out, and Project Moloch. So which ones were you confused by? Cheryl and Jughead are both dealing with the same problem. That's true. Should we start with that and then get get with the... Pick one. I had to separate Mm. them. Okay, let's do Project Moloch first. Julian and Cheryl spy their father saluting a general on the way out of their home is the first time there's been any military presence uh, in this time period yeah i heard she was in the army yes yes this is the first episode of this season that remembers everything that happened in previous seasons and tries to work those storylines back into a new version in this time period I found this episode, just to be clear at the top, incredibly frustrating. Uh, Mostly because I believe almost unchanged this episode could have gone exactly where uh, Tales in a Jugular Vein was mm-hmm. as like the sixth or seventh episode of the season. Or easily, right after Reggie's introduced, could have been the ninth episode of the season, would have hit exactly the same beats yeah. where, where Ethel's in the house and Alice is upset with Betty and yada, yada, yada. You wouldn't have had a Mrs. Grundy or probably Archie doing poetry. Unless, I don't know, you wanted to write those earlier episodes to better. Right. But like, what are we doing? Okay. Things got solved, though. General Taylor gave Cliff a gift. And Cliff, who I don't want to reveal the entire twist, but shouldn't be showing his children these things to maintain a certain cover. Right. Instead, (laughs) takes his kids aside and goes, this is what this general gave me. It's a statue of a pagan deity named Moloch who eats children, and I'm threatening you explicitly with it now. He's a dick. And they're like, cool, now I'm suspicious of you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of questions about that little statue. 
But I think that we have to get to the... Right. Yeah. Cheryl watches a movie at school that gives her a nightmare. Claxon's play warning that the bomb is coming. Dilton Doily's father, who's introduced for the first time this episode as a science teacher with a lot of thoughts about radiation and the Cold War and enemies... You know, would have been someone to have earlier if you wanted to set up anything that you're talking about in this episode. That wasn't old Dilton, was it? No. Oh, okay. I was, that was wondering. just a different man. I was like, there's been so many Diltons. I was like, oh, that would have been fun if it was like, you know, different, like Reggie playing Reggie's dad, which they should have done. I guess that wouldn't have worked, but they could have done. Wouldn't he look not that much older than, right. the, than the teens? So that would have been kind of funny. Sure, yeah. I guess I guess nothing matters. You right, know? Exactly. So what am I talking about? I mean, these don't look like teens. Anyway, uh, Charlie yells for Jughead to duck and cover, but Aww. the bomb comes and they're all killed, and then she wakes up from her nightmare. I saw Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah, she just saw Oppenheimer in yeah. school. That was the thing. And much like Cheryl, I was sleeping. You really found it that boring? No, I didn't find it boring. I was just really tired, and I did enjoy a lot of it. I just, there was a time where I was like, if I take a 20-minute nap, I think I'm going to get the movie. Like, I think I still will understand it. And I tried to... That's absolutely not true, by the way. <laughs> I tried it's to... one of the densest three-hour films. Yeah. It was... It was... Uh, it was... I know it was good. Do you know what I mean? I know it was good. I did... I did feel... I don't know, dude. I think you kind of set yourself up for failure if you yeah. went in while you're like, I'm already feeling kind of tired. So let's watch The Bomb Movie. Let's That's watch three, the three hours hour long. Bomb movie. Like, I, if, well, if you want to have a good time with it, you got to go in with the coffee and a snack or something. Well, I didn't go... I went in at 7.45 pretty confident that I would be more awake than I was. Mm. And I had so many snacks, John. When you... I had... One, I had a giant Diet Coke and I had so many snacks. I actually really... I crushed the snack game. I really... No, I crushed it. Do you want to explain? Yeah. No, I went to the supermarket and I got like the candy, the scoopable candy... Um, you know, like when you get to pick whatever candies that you want. Yes, I worked at a candy store. That it's the that. best. It's my favorite thing. And then yeah, it's super great to maintain and clean. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to know if that is ever. You know, people don't do that. You should be nervous. Yeah, that's what I thought. I don't want to know. So it's just like I don't want to know what's actually in the fountain soda tubes. Like there was an article I read today, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to know what's in those Coke fancy machines. Right. Don't want to know. Um, and then I got these like little rice cakes that were drizzled with chocolate. They're really good. And then I got Nerds Clusters. Um, do you know what those are? I mean, it sounds like you had a sugar crash in the middle yeah, of that's a three hour long Christopher Nolan movie. That is quite possible. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, that yeah, was my. I really love those Nerds Clusters, though. You really should have. Nerds met. Clusters? So, yeah, have you ever I had... like Bunch of Crunch. I love Bunch of Crunch. But I don't know if I want Nerds to be that large. So. No, that's so. I understand why you're confused, but okay. So, have you had a nerd's rope? Yeah. Imagine nerd's rope. I was rope. there when they invented nerd's rope. Literally. Well, we, you were also alive when they invented nerd's oh, rope. I think like you were there, like in the room where it happened. They were like, they brought it over to me to check, and <laughs> yeah, I did like I a like, little bendy experiment and snapped off a little bit, and uh, I was like approved. What a great job that would be. No nerd's. It's basically like cut up nerd's rope, and it's delicious in a in a bag. All candy is just candy, slightly. Like remixed in my like, they, they took they took this was they had a meeting they did someone came to the meeting and was like guys we have all this extra nerds rope I a hundred percent think it went <laughs> but this what way. if we just took a scissor to it and snip 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 put it in a bag spend so much money on graphic design yeah. and packaging to create a whole new form of packaging and sell that as a whole different thing it's delicious I can't even tell you the, the nerds are a little bit smaller <clears throat> uh, and they're all over the little piece of rope. It's the best. It's so good. 
Anyway, what were we talking about? (laughs) Um, Cheryl goes downstairs to get, I don't know, water or something. It's the most normal thing I've ever seen her do in her house. (laughs) And she hears her parents speaking to each other in Russians, just like the Americans. Mm. Which is a solid show. uh, I never finished it. Are they really in love? Like by like the midpoint, do they fall really in love? It's a it's a whole thing that they're that they're dealing with in season one and two. Like they're they're constantly at, at trying to figure out how real that relationship is. Oh, I love that stuff. Yeah, it's like Nicholas Sparks. And I was in like season two when I fell off. Yeah, it's like a constant thing. I'm like, I should watch The Americans. Yeah, I hear it's great. It's an eat your vegetable show a little bit. No, no, it was really entertaining to watch. I was watching it with a friend. Oh, and did then they he fall? got in a relationship. <gasps> And all no. of a sudden, we're not watching the show anymore. I'm so, you know? I'm so sorry, John. This is, this is my nightmare. By the way, I'm behind on Only Murders in the Building. So am I. Because I, I really shot myself in the foot this time. The roommates are like, oh, the strike. There's nothing to watch. We're so bored. John, give us a TV show. And I'm like, okay. Girls in the house like Selena Gomez. Everyone likes a good mystery. And we got a bunch of East Coasters in the house. Yeah. And it's just a great show. Let's put on Only Murders in the Building. One episode later, they're like, this is the best show. We should keep watching this as a group. Together, <laughs> how much is there, John? What do you mean you know the twist already, you jerk? I gave them the show. Yeah, I'm not really sure where they blamed you when they asked you to recommend them a show. This is my nightmare. This does happen to you a lot. It's it's like thank God they don't want to watch Star Trek ever, even though I would love to share that with people. There are some shows you have to gatekeep for your own mental health. I'm not even gatekeep. I'll watch in the open. They'll be like, bye. And I was like, oh, that's all it takes. All right. Yeah. No, I know. There are some shows that's just like, uh, like I was watching Yellow Jackets without Ian. Right. And then I was like, Ian, you gotta watch it because I love it so much. And then of course, you know, we had to watch the Yellow Dragons together, which is great until I go away for two weeks or he goes away for two weeks, and then suddenly I'm two episodes behind. It's Yellow just Dragons. frustrating when they want to watch everything I want to watch except the thing I want to watch the most. Right? Yeah, that, that sucks. Cheryl's parents are spies for the Soviet Union. Love it. Fun. Not sure where that you know came, from. came out of exactly nowhere. <laughs> you know, if, if if you had told Penelope at the start of the season that this is what she was playing, she would have played it and she would have had a great time doing it. But you didn't know. No, no, I don't. You know. made this up at the last second. I don't think made it up at the last second, but I don't feel like there were any hints. Really, I don't um, think there was a plan. I don't know. I mean, I do know that if you're going to make any single person a russian spy it will be natalie bolt's character so i was like that seems very obvious <laughs> what if it was what if i'm it shaking was, my uh, head like what Alice. are you talking about you make th- all of the blossoms all four even cheryl yes <gasps> do it why not it's the final <laughs> season of riverdale <laughs> please don't cry john we have two episodes left we have so many storylines to go through so uh Cheryl gets out her investigating candelabra to, uh, <laughs> what poke, is this show? <laughs> to Sorry, poke around no. Daddy's office. Love that. She opens a desk drawer and finds a mining helmet in there, and then a draft, and then a secret room full of milkman outfits and empty bottles. Question. <laughs> why? <laughs> why would you organize these why, things? Why this, this specific look? Yeah. And a requirement where you're like, gotta be wearing the milkman suit, gotta be showing up at off hours, 
gotta be bringing milk with them. That's the only way they'll never catch us because it'll be too insane to believe. Like that's right. The- Maybe that's it. Maybe they're like, we just gotta make it weird. The weirder it is, the crazier that Ethel girl will seem. Cheryl answers a heavy knock on the door, and it reveals that she's been in contact. Or she's been put in contact with Glenn. With one end, who was in one episode earlier this season. Love so that. I guess he's back. We'll set this one up. Uh, he calls Penelope by a Russian name and arrests both of her parents for being a ripoff of the Americans. So are they just gonna like have no parents? I don't know. Is Nana there? I think so. I guess yeah. There's a guardian. Here's a, here's a follow-up question. Sure. Do, does anyone care? Not really. Not so much. Yeah. I don't, no. Problem. Tony will move in. <gasps> Tony will move and in. And never leave. And never leave. Yeah. Tony has a baby somewhere in this universe who's now an adult man. Oh, I thought, yeah, in the real world she has a baby. Well, she does have a baby in the I don't world. think we're ever going to see that uh, boy again. I don't know. <laughs> that man, that adult it man. It just seems like there was like a, a both like a, if the feeling since then has been like, wow, we regret ever making that choice. But the energy of the episode was also, <laughs> it's like two episodes before the end of the season. We got to do this quick. Yeah. Like, was this really like a, we don't know what to do. We got to pull the trigger now kind of thing. I mean, they had a lot of episodes, so I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm curious what next episode will be. Because next episode feels like the unpacking everything episode. And then the third, the last episode feels like a, like a Bon Voyage Riverdale episode, you know? Go into that good Just light. to be clear, the her parents are Soviets thing could have been an entire episode an ar- it on its a- own. It could have also been just like an arc throughout the whole thing. Like, Cheryl's yes. parents are weird. Why are they being weird? Yes. Russia's a thing. God, I don't even know what Cheryl plot this year. I could have traded for this. No, she did those sexy But photos. what about all those paintings she did and the photos? Right. Which, by the way, is that book ever going to get produced? Or are we just not going to talk about that ever again? I think, that's, I think it's over. I think we can, we can put that one to bed. I think that, that plot line served Betty somehow more than Cheryl. All right. Anyway, you want to go to Jughead? Yeah, let's go to Jughead. All right, this is the big one. The big one. Now that Jughead is officially dating Veronica. Love that for him. He gets to go to the movies with his pals, Ethel, Dilton, and the other one. For, ben. For free. His name is Ben. Sure. Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. We all know Ben from all those legendary moments, like jumping out of a window <laughs> and dying. Right. Didn't no. First he poisoned himself, and then when that didn't work, jumped out the window. Correct. To and that's the list. Oh, and no, he was at the drive-in movie theater serving popcorn at one point. I don't know why I know this. What about fifties Ben? What can you tell? Tell me three things about fifties. Oh, I know nothing about fifties Ben. I know every three things are from this episode. Great. Yeah. Great. Very happy for him and Ethel. Why? <laughs> Tell I me just, three things about him. <laughs> you know, he's blonde hair. He's cute. He seems to like her. Mm. That's enough for me. I can't me. even believe that third one. Wow. Oh, he seems to like her. Does he? I think so. Why? Because he waved at her cutely and gave her a shy smile. Is that a character? That's a character. No, it's good, not. Good enough for me. Anyway, when they leave their movie, <laughs> their world turns into a black and white B movie. Which is the theme for the whole episode. I don't see it in the action. Like, there are it a feels- few times, especially in the driver's ed plot, that are, yeah. like, over the top and kind of campy. But then everything just kind of turns into regular Riverdale, but black and white. Yeah, it doesn't really feel very camp. It doesn't feel overly campy for Riverdale, which nope. is a hard ask, honestly. I think that this moment is really good. A melting man approaches them. He's shot by Sheriff Keller. 
And this guy like explodes with blood and they say he's dying. He's a vagrant dying of leprosy. Did you notice, I thought this was interesting because I bet this is how they used to do it, that when he's on the ground like bleeding out, it seemed like the ooze was coming from like a hole in the ground underneath him. And they might have like stuck a hose right under his body. Yeah, and, and it's like, oh, it that's interesting. Yeah. It's like, huh, cool. Ethel is just kind of like, oh, wow, he's wearing the uniform from the Mabel factory where my dad worked. I will not. I'm not going to think about that anybody. one second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ethel is really like missing this is on here. the first time I'm hearing anything about this Mabel factory. So we actually, I did think about this. We did hear about this before. I do remember Ray Bradbury saying something. I don't. And I, I do because I remember being like, that's super weird that a writer would work at a maple factory. But also, if that was true, why wouldn't anyone have looked into that sooner? Right. Yeah. Agreed. That's a whole other issue, though. Jughead. <laughs> the sheriff told you, oh, I guess this solves everything. We don't have to look into this milkman thing any further. You said that's wrong. And then... <laughs> did what he said anyway. Right, right. Didn't look into it any further. I think we might just need to understand that Jughead might not be good at this. He might be terrible at this. You're talking about a character, and I'm talking about choices human writers make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, in general, the choices the human writers made made Jughead really bad at this job. We find out that Creepy Doctor Sr. is mm. played by Creepy Doctor Jr. is a fan of uh, pep horror comics. So he's happy to help. He believes the melting man was suffering from radiation poisoning. So that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. But he couldn't learn much before the mayor took the body away. So Jughead asks Ethel what her father did there at the maple factory and if he got sick. And she's like, I don't know about sick, but he had (laughs) chronic pain in his stomach and joints and losing all of his hair. Yeah, but sick. <laughs> but I don't know about the rest of that. And he's never like, cool, that's radiation poisoning. Right, yeah. They might not know at this time. Yeah, I don't think that you would. Well, I don't know, because the bomb was dropped on... I just feel like it would be in a pep horror comic or something. Yeah, but... Like it feels like something she would recognize from a pep horror comic. You do... I think they did know about radiation poisoning, though, because it was many years after World War II. And because of Oppenheimer, I'm aware now of what all happened there. But they are also watching like the video that's like, you know, it's going to throw you against a wall and that'll be mildly uncomfortable. <laughs> Imagine if that was all it was. It's like, wow, all, all this effort. Yeah, they, um, I do think though that that was just like propaganda to make people like less afraid. They definitely knew. Like, I think even in the 50s, you kind of knew it yeah. was propaganda. And then he mentions that Bradbury, Brad Rayberry worked at a at a maple factory. I'm pretty sure we didn't know, but I guess it could have been something that- I feel like I'm either gaslighting myself into saying, oh yeah, I do it the whole time. I cannot tell now. I just now. feel like that would have come up in our conversations earlier. I think he did say that, because I really do remember being like, what a weird choice. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Jughead thinks the Blossoms are hiding something, and Ethel just remembered that she actually doesn't care about her parents. <laughs> she hates those guys. <laughs> Happy they're gone, honestly. Pro their death. <laughs> and now she's teen queen and is dating Ben. Ben, our favorite character, Ben. Exactly. Someone who's always been a bit of a romantic rival to Jughead, if we're being <laughs> honest. And, you know, for every time Jughead's absentmindedly turned Ethel away, there's Ben. Ben's been right there. He's always been there to talk to her. We've seen all of those scenes of Ben being like, hey, I know he doesn't see you, but I do. And, like, that's why this feels so right in the moment. And definitely not. Like, we're avoiding ever talking about the Ethel Jughead thing that's been actually coasting through the entire season. That's so funny. Because Ben has always been there. You're right. 
It's so romantic, and I'm so happy they're finally together. So Dylan Doyle's father pulls out the old, you know, TV on a cart for the classrooms. Like, kids, this is Oppenheimer, and puts in the movie. Oh, you're gonna love it. And the kids all grapple with it in the uh, student room. Veronica says she has a shelter beneath the Pembroke for her and Juggykins. Just, just not Betty. Not any of the other friends she's, she's made. She's not friends with any of them. <laughs> no. And apparently no. they're all fine with that. Yeah. No, no one cares about dying in a horrific radiation blast. Yes. Uh, Cheryl has the mines. Reggie has a really deep well. That's not... Reggie, I don't think that's going to serve you as, as well as you think it will, honestly. <laughs> Archie says he'll just head out west. Radiation surely can't cross the Rockies. Well, that's true. There you go. Yeah. Kevin Kevin just saw Indiana Jones 4 and thinks a refrigerator would save him. Wait, is that what happens in that movie? And there's like a part of the Crystal Skull where Indiana Jones realizes he's like in the middle of a nuclear testing field that's like oh, looks shit. in the suburbs and he like gets in a lead-lined refrigerator and then the bomb goes off and you see it from a distance and then the refrigerator <gasps> flies out, lands on the ground and just this like 50-something Harrison Ford opens up and he's like, well, uh... So I just want to say something, just in case anybody is trying this. Don't go in a refrigerator. You will die in there. Unless you're in a Spielberg movie. Yeah. If you happen to be in a Spielberg movie, you can, I suppose, get in the fridge. Rules are different. Yeah. But please don't. It's actually something that really scares me. Yeah. Rules do apply most of the time. Have you ever seen um, The Leftovers? Yeah, I've seen all of Leftovers. Yeah. I was just thinking how worried thing. I am that the series finale of this is going to feel a lot like the series finale of The Leftovers. But the series finale of The Leftovers is incredible. What was the series finale? Give me the gist of that. Uh, it's completely devoid of the context from the rest of the series. Uh, you pick back up with, um, I forget the main character, Justin Thoreau. Yeah. And he's older. Uh, he's got gray hair. He tracks down the woman. Carrie Coon. Carrie Coon. Yeah who, you know, she left earlier in the season to track down some people who thought they could connect her back with her family that went missing. Yeah. You, you, you want me to keep going? You don't, you don't remember? Yeah, you swear, yeah I don't remember. Spoiler alerts to everyone else watching uh, who might never seen Leftovers, three seasons on HBO, pretty cool show. She is like living in Australia or wherever. Oh, that's so They're great. like obsessed with Australia in season three. Isn't he Australian? I could be wrong about that. No, he's American. Damon Lindelof. He's it. American. Oh, I don't know why. Seems like he could be Australian. They might have shot some stuff in Australia, and that might have been why they just kept saying they were in Australia. Yeah. He pretends like he doesn't remember her. Oh. And they kind of have like a first courtship again, while both are kind of pretending like they don't know what they know. Like, it's a little bit like, has he really forgotten? I don't know. Eventually, it kind of gets to this point where they are frank with each other, and she talks about what she experienced. And they only talk about it. They don't show you if the machine that she was in really worked, but mm -hmm. she claims that she visited the world where everyone else is. And it's like, what's the percentage of The Last of Us? Or Three not The Last of Us. Well, either like 1% to 3%. I forget yeah, what it the is. The Leftovers. And uh, that world is only that percentage. Yeah. So so she talks about like a mostly empty world, but then when she found her family, there was like some new woman in their oh. lives. And they, they had moved on. That fucking sucks. Yeah. And then like somehow yeah. she got back. And you're like, well, listening to it be like, Maybe that's true. I like that. But that also sounds completely insane. That might be just be something that went through her mind and she chose not to go through with it. And then they're kind of good. That's, that's interesting. The the, that's the end of the show. I like the idea of like, you don't know if it's real or not, but it could be. I mean, there's no reason it couldn't be true because. Yeah. And Carrie Coon's such a good performer that it's like. <laughs> she's she, amazing. She plays it to the level where you're like, she sure just talking like it's true. I love Carrie Coon. I think she's incredibly talented. Yeah. Incredibly talented. She was also. 
She was also one of the villains in Avengers Infinity War. She was Proxima Midnight, and she oh. was killed in a ditch fighting uh, Black Widow and Okoye and Scarlet Witch. But I saw that movie, and I don't remember her. Weird. She's a CG woman. Oh, maybe that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I, it was in her face. Yeah, that's why. Good for her, though. Yeah, that's nice, yeah, right? Get, getting a Marvel movie. <laughs> Love that. She, see, it's not that the movies are secret. It's that it's secretly that they're even right, in them. Exactly. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, well, good for you. Making money. No one knows who you are in that, but fine. Mm-hmm. Dylan's looking at this whole conversation with a really weird energy. And last time he was looking at conversations with a really weird energy, he knew the secrets of the universe. <laughs> so I'm a little bit like, does Dylan know the secrets of the universe again? Is that what's happening here? No, he just knows a spot. He knows a spot. And it's a sex bunker. But no one's had sex here yet. It's a virgin bunker. It's a virgin bunker. The virginal bunker. That's right. They enter the virgin bunker for the first time. <laughs> Ooh, don't like that. Yikes. And Jughead asks why Dilton's dad thinks Riverdale would be a target. That's a question I would also have. And Dilton, who I thought might be like a sleeper for love interest for Betty, turns out it's just a sleeper for having all of the answers. <laughs> all of them. And he's a friend of Jughead's. They yeah. say, but Jughead hasn't hung out with these people since like episode two of the season. Well, he's been busy with things. Dilton says a year before Ethel's folks were killed, a year ago, Ethel's dad, Ethel's dad showed up to his house with palladium, always our favorite. Love it. That he swiped from the maple factory. Clifford Blossom is doing something with palladium because it's always palladium and it's always drugs. <laughs> But there's nothing deeper ever going on remember, except when it's sorcerers from another reality. Right, I was going to say, I don't know. There was that other thing that happened that we kind of I forgot. preferred it. Did, hmm, what? What was the deal with Percival Pickens? You you don't remember the deal with Percival Pickens? He, he was like, no, I know, but I'm trying to think of this. He founded Riverdale. Right, that's, But yes. was also practicing dark rituals at the time. Right, babies, And they found yeah. out in Rivervale, so they're like, fuck you, we're going to Kill you. not burn you. Like, I guess we did in our reality, but we're just going to put you in a stockade out in the woods somewhere. Yeah, for how long? Ever? I don't know. Forever. And then somehow from that, he got to Riverdale. Not clear. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he was like, well, uh, you look just like the guys who really fucked me up. So I'm going to really be a little shit up. to you <laughs> in every possible way I can. And it worked. He Which was. I felt was more clear. I mean, it, you, it took it the entire season to learn that motivation kind of better motivation than like most of their villains yeah for sure i mean that sucks to get thrown in a stockade i think that might be the worst way to go yeah stockade in the woods to starve alone right exactly because it's like you want to get out and you're kind of like it's so hard to get out of that you know it's a bummer yes so dilton says that in its purest concentrated state scientists speculate a palladium bomb to be more destructive than an H-bomb. This is a lie, but <laughs> this is a B-movie plot. So like yeah. this would be the structure of something like that. Uh, <laughs> what if we took this metal and purified it so much it was explosive? Sure. I, I honestly, you could tell me that's 100% true and I would not know the difference. Right. So Jughead realizes he has a Brad Rayberry story about exactly this. Oh, crazy. That's so crazy that this didn't come up in the episode where you read it every Brad Rayberry story that was ever written. Yeah, no. He, he just didn't put it together. It's hard. It's hard to be a little boy like Jughead trying to do big adult things. Jughead asks Cheryl if anything strange has been happening at home. 
she's like, well, they were speaking Russian. <laughs> he turns her on to the whole mystery that she uncovers with her candelabra. <laughs> so afterwards, she pulls him into the music room and shows him the milk bottle and tells him the Palladian mines aren't abandoned. He's like, this makes perfect sense. Sure, now... Now that Cheryl spoon fed you all the now information. That all the information has been gifted to you yes. by two different people. Jughead and Cheryl spy on the guarded mines with a camera that has a really bright flash, and yet they don't get caught at all. Worked out. So I'm, I'm shocked they even showed them going over there, because that's usually <laughs> something they just tell us about. Yeah. Cheryl thinks they need to uh, get these images that they took to Sheriff Keller, but Jughead wants to go through Veronica to the FBI. And they develop a photo revealing Jughead just like leaning on <laughs> this mom. Yeah, it was a little weird. So the episode ends with a Jughead narration telling us about a million things that could have been entire episodes. Yeah. Clifford Blossom was seduced by a Russian sleeper agent. That's an episode. The U.S. believed Clifford was developing the Palladium Bomb for them, but instead he was planning to send it to Russia. That's an episode. Yeah. Bad Rayberry saw enough of all of this to warn people through his own writing, but only became a target when he suggested... This is actually an insane sentence. This <laughs> couldn't have been an episode. Bad Rayberry saw enough to warn people through his writing, but only became a target for the patriarchy when he suggested they get the Supreme Court involved in a comic book publishing case. Yeah. What? So that was when he was like, oh, we should not begin that actor was not playing brad rayberry as i know a secret truth about the mayor of this town right no not at all he was playing him as i respect the arts and wanted to protect this boy right exactly i want to teach this kid about my writing he's my son now and yeah. i love him and then i'm dead it's a bummer that was a long sentence that didn't really track. Was yeah. Mr. Monks had discovered the stockpile of palladium, making him a threat that needed to be eliminated. Discovering that could have been an episode. Mm -hmm. Ethel learns why her parents died, and it means nothing to her. She doesn't care. <laughs> she doesn't like them. Ben why? calls her love bug, and he's like, "Let's get out of here." And she is like, "Cool, yeah, all right, peace to this town." Yeah. So if I was Ethel and I was treated as shittily by Riverdale, I also would be like, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck this. I'm gone. I would have loved that conversation in yeah. the episode. But yeah. instead she's like, no, Jughead, I'm really happy because I'm dating this guy I've always liked from all of our interactions and I'm this teen queen and no one, no one will ever tell me how that came about. <laughs> well, she got a nice, beautiful ending. Yeah. Jughead says she was the first to leave Riverdale, but others would follow. And then... He says, it was just about time to find out if the town would survive an even greater cataclysm. Okay, but he has to stop saying that. What the fuck could you even mean at this point? Is it the comet again? <laughs> or is it the... So it's like, he says that every episode. It's like, yeah, this but, was But it's bad. gonna be bad next week. <laughs> it's like, that's how he was with the comic books. When he was like, and you thought that this situation we were in, but next time, oh my God. And then it's like, the comic books, they were mad about the comic books. And I'm like, okay. Did well, you write this comic book? <laughs> but like, literally. And like, now it's like, we're talking about atomic bombs. So I don't what know. What could be greater? What could right. be greater? We'll see. We'll see next time. We got two storylines left. Oh my God. There's two more left. Crazy. Yes. Shipping out or driver's education? I think we want to do shipping out. Okay. Frank got Reggie into the best summer basketball cunt. Bet. <laughs> what were you trying to say? <laughs> Frank got Reggie into the best summer basketball program in the country. But what about Archie? He's kind of mocking and be like, no summer camp for poetry. <laughs> 
Those exist. (laughs) Yeah, one, they exist. Also, Frank sucks. Frank sucks Sucks. so hard. (laughs) And Mary's just like, well, he could work at Pops or the dress shop or anywhere else. It's the 50s. (laughs) You can just walk in and ask. And Frank's like, I bet Archie wishes he didn't quit the basketball team now. And Archie's like, like, I'm pretty good. I'd be hanging with you and Julian every day. <laughs> right, exactly. My now I don't have to do people. that. Archie finds Clay and Kevin outside of school practicing knots. Sure. The 50s, you know, they were yeah. born. Yeah. They were considering joining the Merchant Marines, which I've never really heard of before. I haven't heard of it either, but I feel like this is a way to get people to do like really tough labor on a boat and make it seem fun. This sounds like if they, if the Peace Corps existed, they'd be doing that. But the Peace Corps doesn't exist yet. And this is like something taking advantage of people of who wish there was a Peace Corps. Yeah, well, I feel like it's like you want to see the world and it sounds like a good idea. But then when you realize you're going to be doing hard labor on a dock... It seems less <laughs> fun. And I don't think that, I don't think Clay and Kevin are going to do hard labor on a dock. Clay's like, listen, I'm a person. Yes. I, I have lots of interests that are singular to myself, and I don't just exist to tell you things you got to know. But you got to know, <laughs> lots of writers have done this. And so I think it's a good idea for you to do this, and you should make it your personality for a scene or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Archie is looking at it be like, well, I wouldn't hate being on a boat away from Frank. <laughs> right. right. He's just seeing the distance between him and Frank is like, whatever gets me there. Escape, escape. escape. Frank sucks. I get it. He's the fucking worst. So Archie tells his family that he's considering the Merchant Marines. And mom is like, or college. Right. Yeah. And Frank is like, I heard Marines and I I approve. <laughs> and Archie tells him that it would still allow him to pursue writing. And then adds, you'd, ever, you'd know that if you ever cracked open a book. And this man is like, I'm going to kill you with this in your table. Oh, he hates reading. That's it. Do you think that maybe Frank tries to write poetry at night and he struggles so much with it that he's like, I don't, I wish I could do it. I think, I think Frank definitely lost someone to poetry. Yeah. What happened? (laughs) He definitely had a girl who some poet came by and picked up and he's like, fine, that's the only acceptable time you talk about poetry. Otherwise I hate that guy. Oh my God. It's so weird. He, I've never seen someone have such a visceral reaction to <laughs> poetry. It's not even like girly poetry. I don't understand. He's so upset. So yeah. bad. He's on the wrong path. He's talking like... It's crazy. <laughs> Insane. Yes. At the Merchant Marines meeting, the man tells Archie, no, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. We don't do that here. And I was... and you're not guaranteed a spot on the not fun boat. <laughs> I know. I was like, okay, cool. I am walking. Great. Out. Yeah, I'm good. The and se- said Frank does find Archie rowing. The second I heard it wasn't a pleasure cruise, I'd be like, then I am out. Yeah, I feel like half the room should have gotten up and left. Yeah, I thought this was something different. I thought it would be more fun. It is not. Why would I do it? Goodbye. Frank finds Archie rowing in the garage late at night. Crazy machine. And asks to talk man to man. Oh. So he hands Archie his father's dog tags and Oof. tells him Fred would want him to enlist in the army like he did. He, where he died. Where he died. Yeah. I, I don't Fred know. was not drafted. Doesn't Archie want to be just like his dad? Ugh. He doesn't even have to wait until graduation. God, we wish we'd made them seniors this season. <laughs> right. That is confusing. Yeah. Probably should have done that. Probably should have done that. So I assume Frank then leaves Archie alone in the garage at, I want to say, 1130 at night. <laughs> with these dog tags mary sees archie the next morning wearing those dog tags and she's like hmm sit down (laughs) mary calls frank out for his shit and then adds that he never even served 
Which is great. Which is incredible. How do he lose his penis then? <laughs> what is all this about? What it's is- definitely gone. <laughs> what a weird bit we kept. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah. Where is it? She tells Frank to get all the way off of Archie's back and asks him to move out. And Frank ultimately takes it really well. Yeah. He's like shaking Reggie's hand, be like, hey, enjoy my room. And Reggie's like, wow, I get my own room. Nice. Mary assures Frank that he's still welcome at Sunday dinner, which I feel like he shouldn't be. Yeah, no, I don't want to You see don't him. have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he asks Archie not to hold anything against him. What? And Archie's like, I'm already writing the poem. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I'm, I'm getting done. My, <laughs> my anger out on you with this pen. <laughs> It's fine. And that's the end of Frank? shipping out. Yeah, I get, we'll probably never see Frank again. I think I'm <laughs> I'd be okay, okay with that. Yeah, that's yeah. totally Frank fine. Frank has um, been quite the terrible substitute for Fred oh, across awful. the board. Awful. You know, it's like, it's, it's, first he's sad, right? Yeah. You got the trauma boys, which is <laughs> just one of the weirdest things they ever did in the show, where it's just like three guys who used to serve in the military living in a house together, one of whom is just kind of, also there for the entire season. Right. Friendly and then leaves never to be seen again. <laughs> really thought that he was going to have a bigger role? Frank needs more help from Archie at that point than he can offer to Archie as any oh. kind of connection to his father. In totally. fact, he almost never talks about Fred except to be like, isn't it sad that he's dead? Uh, I don't know. How did you feel about him? Was right. it complicated? That would have been interesting. And then he just becomes yeah. evil. <laughs> yeah, like legit evil, like mind-controlled evil. Yeah, mind, yeah. mind-controlled evil or the worst version of the of, of manliness of the time period. Right, he's still Because he's a short king. He, is he, though? He's shorter than Archie. Hard to tell, though. Is Archie tall? I'm really... I'm yeah, this actor is short. Very hard to tell with, for me with... I'm only 5'4", so it's hard for me to, like, really properly assess. I'm like, if you're 5'5", five, five, you're tall. Like, you know? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> You got me there. Yeah, so he's probably tall. By the way, that actor, he was really good in a show called Continuum, which is this uh, Canadian sci-fi show where this, like, future cop lady time travels back in time to stop a bunch of time-traveling terrorists from the future from destroying our present. But the thing about the show is that the terrorists are kind of right about what they want. Oh, what do they want? They want to, like, stop their future kind of fascist state from happening. Oh, yeah. People are thrown in prisons that are, like... Like the stuff from Mission, uh, not Mission, uh, 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 what's pre-crime, uh, Minority Report, where they okay. like put you in like a mind prison jail thing. I am, I hate to do this. I've not seen Minority Report and it's like the fifth time this week that someone has mentioned it. Okay. So imagine if jail was, you get put in a sem- sensory deprivation tank. I love those. Forever. Forever? I like an hour. Right. So I wouldn't like that. Right. Exactly. But I didn't. I did think that would be like a good idea. But this guy <laughs> shows up later in the show. She has successfully prevented her own future from happening. Oh, okay. She'll never go home, and new time travelers show up from a different future, and that's this guy. And it's like, huh. hey, not exactly solved. My future is kind of bad in a different way, oh, and so great. he kind of becomes the only person who can understand her, and they kind of have this very intimate relationship. Do they kiss? I actually don't remember. Oh. It might be different than that. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Do they hug? They definitely hug a lot. They hug a lot. Okay, yeah. that's great. But that brings us to driver's education. Oh, cool. Naturally. Yeah, of course. Naturally. Natural segue. Betty invites Ethel to walk to school, refusing to accept her parents' offers for a ride. 
Sure. She tells them all the girls signed up for driver's ed, so they don't need to ask for help ever again. Yeah, that's how that works. That's how that works. Yeah. Mrs. Grundy teaches the girls in mock cars. When she's with only women, she doesn't seem to mention her marriage once. Weird how that works. <laughs> <laughs> she tells the girls that driving is a privilege for them and not a right like the boys assume. Yeah. And they get to practice in a real car parallel parking. So did you ever have this situation in driver's ed with like the wheel and like the brakes like at your desk? Absolutely not. Yeah, me either. But I do think that's a good idea. But also like... I think driver's ed in school was like kind of ancillary to how I actually learned to drive. Which yeah, is like, for sure. There's like other companies that you hire for that. Yeah. I, I, I feel like driver's ed mostly taught me theory. Like in, in, school. in theory, this yeah, is how you do it. Which was great for the written part of the exam. Yeah. I um how many times did you pass your how many times did you take your driver's test? I feel that's a question you only ask if you didn't get on the first time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I got it on the first time. Yeah. I think I failed twice. Oh, no. It's, it's three is the max, right? I think it's like if you fail three times, you have to like do something else. You have to like take, go back to school a little bit. Yeah, something like that. But I passed on the third time. Nice. So that's important to know. Yeah. 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 Uh, they were like a little bit like weird with me because like, hey, that was a yield sign and you like only kind of slowed down. And I'm like, what does yield mean? <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I guess I thought it means kind of slow down. But I did. It was more of a coast than like a break. Yeah. But I did it. I parallel parked. No problem. Amazing. Yeah. My dad did personally do a lot of the parallel parking work with me though. I, my parents were very um, nervous when I was in the car with them. And so I don't think any of them really were great <clears throat> at like teaching me because of that. Yeah. Like my mom, I thought was going to like have a heart attack. Thinking about now, yeah. it's kind of like a full circle moment. My dad would take me to like the high school where there happened to be some good parallel parking spots and no one around <laughs> yeah. to practice parallel parking. And it wasn't too different from when we went to the elementary school for me to learn to ride a bike. Oh, I remember that. I did that too. We yeah. like rode our bike around in like the parking lot of the school. It was a really school. flat parking lot of the yeah. school. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. I think I did also drive a little bit in a parking lot, but I, I don't know. It's very traumatic. <laughs> the whole thing. It was not great. And then full circle one more time, he took me and my sister over to the high school parking lot later after we both graduated from college. And we're like, we're going to try uh, manual driving now. Oh, and that didn't, wow. that didn't go as well for both and I. I just don't understand, like, why? What is, like, the purpose of having a manual car? Like, is there is there, like, a reason people would prefer that? They, I believe, are slightly more reliable okay. in conditions where things break down over time. Okay. So it's, I think it's like a... Some people do it because that's how they grew up with, you know? Yeah. Some people do it because they have a bit of a survivalist mentality that they think this might be needed at some point in the future. Sure. For me, I don't... It, it doesn't really add much value to the driving experience. That's it only adds concern. Right, that's how I feel. I'm like, I could make this easier. Why wouldn't I make it easier? Yeah. It's a close one, but Ethel manages to parallel park, and she did so well that Mrs. <laughs> Grundy is taking everybody to the DMV for licenses, so long as they bring their birth certificate. <gasps> I did not think this episode was going where it did, by the way. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> until it started happening. I'm like, really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. So uh, Ethel says that the birth certificate is back at her house, which, you know, Betty has only been to before on like two occasions mm. where she picked up like a sex book and almost had sex right. with Archie. Or Reggie. And like this could have been introduced a while back. Then. Yeah. You know what I mean? They need another episode, I think. Betty picks open. Yeah, the problem was there aren't enough episodes this season. Yeah. 
Betty picks open a lockbox. Why wouldn't Ethel go herself? It's your house. What are you... What? Why isn't Ethel in this scene? (laughs) Why is Ethel the last one to find out about any of this? She seems really chill about it. Why did you put Ethel in Betty's house and intimately tie her to Betty's entire family (laughs) only to never get her involved in any of these Betty plots? I have no answers. You're screaming into the void. Betty finds payments in a picture of Hal Cooper holding a baby. Betty asks her parents about the checks and picture and Hal tosses out some lies. He's like, I'm her godfather. He's very convincing. I was like, I would have left it at that. It seems right. Seems reasonable. (laughs) Yeah. Alice interrupts, tells him to stop. It's over, Hal. Stop messing with (laughs) Betty. All this year you've been so hard on her. No, We have to stop with all the lies and be good people now. It was you. It was Alice. Girl. You are the villain. You are the villain. Like, Hal is not a serial killer in this universe. Hal probably was only lying earlier because he thought you'd be mad if he told the truth. Yeah, I agree. Not to defend Hal, who is a serial killer in a different universe. But, you know, come on. Come on, Alice. This is your problem. Alice tells Betty Hal had an affair. (gasps) And if that got out, oh no, people would know something about you. (laughs) So... I get this. I get hiding this. I do. I, I do get why Alice would want to hide. You could move. How's you know, there. go to a I different planet. Too. Star Wars. Right, exactly. Just find a different planet. There's all these planets. It's the 50s. It's not even hard. <laughs> like, here's the thing. Like, I, I understand why Alice kept the secret of Ethel being Hal's daughter, but I don't really understand why it's made Alice into this version of Alice. Because once you start, you can't stop. Apparently, right? Because it's like, why does that have to do with Betty? Like Betty couldn't have sex with anyone because, because her husband, right? Had when you talking about promiscuity from a woman, right. your husband cheated on you, right? So okay, so I was thinking about this. So she, so Betty's like, is that why you wanted Kevin to pin me and not Archie? My thinking is that she thought, oh, if Kevin is gay, he won't cheat on her with a woman and get another woman pregnant. That does not really... You, do you even know Archie? Have you met him? I I mean, I think she just doesn't trust straight men. Maybe? But it doesn't really... I, I She doesn't want to have another secret love child. It's very strange. It's a very bizarre reaction to whatever trauma came about from this situation. Which I, I understand why she's upset. But like, what? Right. Confusing. So bought off the mugs, and financially supported Ethel this whole time. Sure. And 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 Betty says, "Well, like, at, Mom, this explains everything." It really doesn't. It doesn't. Alice says she just wanted to give Betty a nice, happy life, unburdened and free from shame. You're the burden, right? Exactly. You made her. Like, You're the shame. You made her so. You bad. You made her life really bad, Alice. Like, come on. Betty forgives this woman. Betty tells her mother, Mom, you did the best that you could and what you thought was right. What? No, she didn't. (laughs) She did the worst things she could do. She happily hurt you on multiple occasions (laughs) to protect herself. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. From judgment. She could have also, I feel like this scene could have, this could have all happened and Betty could have acknowledged that. She could have been like, you made my life hard because you were ashamed of something that your husband did. 
Like it could have been played. The yes. same things could have happened, but it could have been played very differently. Also, like Polly could have known this. We could have done this so long ago. Or Polly could have been like, "That's why we I left." I found out the first time Ethel was taken to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, and Betty would have been like, "My sisters with the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. We have to rescue her." Too many sisters. Midge is over there. Just be like, "Hello." I wonder, I wonder if my boyfriend's famous yet. <laughs> God, I hope so. It's the only way he get free. Ethel says this explains everything. Sure does, Ethel. Sure does. She's like, honestly, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the Coopers asked to formally adopt Ethel and she's like hard pass you sent me to the nuns <laughs> why the fuck would I agree to be a I am family? leaving <laughs> <laughs> and this makes sense yes this part makes total sense she is moving to California where Veronica has already talked to her friend Peter Roth and got Ethel a job as a storyboard artist cool and she has a roommate over at the El Royale where the bad times happen yeah, <laughs> there is an apartment building that I think is called the. I'm Alberta, sure it's real, but it's also the name of Archie's boxing gym. It's correct. Also, Which is the gym. Why wasn't Katie Keene her roommate? Just a thought. <clears throat> I think uh, that's a great question. Could you have know, been a roommate. I, this sounds like if I were to hazard a guess, mm-hmm. it would be a classic Roberto. I'm 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 setting something up here. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Nothing ends. I've got another. TV show always. Maybe he does. Maybe there is an Ethel Goes Hollywood. So uh, Ethel says goodbye to all of her quote-unquote friends. <laughs> you know, Veronica, who she's had. She's met Veronica. She's met Veronica. You know, Betty, who ignored her in her house for all right. this time. And her best pal, Jughead. Right. He's like, I love being partners in crime and nothing more than that. <laughs> Put her there and he puts him a hand to high-five her. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. She's that. she's over him, though. She's that into is, Ben. Right. She's over him because off screen, a guy named Ben wooed her. And I love that for them. I would have loved to see it. Oh, there's so many things going on, though. Uh, no, there aren't. <laughs> there's almost nothing happening. We'll see what happens next week. That is the end of this episode. <gasps> Crazy. Everything's in black and white, which makes it pretty hard to judge outfits. That's so true. This week. Yeah, I didn't really... Who's the best boy in I'm going to give it to the Melting Man, because I thought that oh, was a yeah, really impressive effect that they had going it on wasn't, there. It wasn't pretty, but it was cool. Hard to look at. Hard, hard to look at, yeah. but, but it looked good. Looked pretty good. Yeah. Best boy in Riverdale? Uh, Miss, Miss Teen Queen Riverdale. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Miss Teen Queen Riverdale. Miss Ethel for being above it all. Cheryl. Cheryl for, for doing for a thing. actually doing the work and oh, solving geez. the case. Also, like, low-key, Cheryl and Jughead did, like, a storyline together. I love and that And that never them. happens. And they were a pretty good duo and would have been another example of how cool it would have been to do these things more often. Yeah, we'll never see that again, unfortunately. But it was fun while it lasted. Best boy in Riverdale? Do, we, do, do you we, want to do a rumor mill? Uh, we do be assigned. Is it Jughead, best boy? Oh, it's, it's genderless for me. Okay. Miss yeah. Teen Riverdale Queen could That's be. That's true. Yeah. Rumor best mill. boy was always meant to be genderless also. That's very, yes. Um, Miss uh, Rumor Mill. Miss Rumor uh, Mill Teen Miss, Queen. Miss Rumor Mill Teen <laughs> Queen. That's a good question. I think Tabitha's coming back. I think this is the end of the 50s as we know it. I think all the storylines have wrapped up, except for Mitch being stuck in Sisters of Quiet Mercy. So I think next season, next next episode is going to be like, we're out of the fugue state or whatever we're in. I don't believe that. Really? No, what do you I think? think it's going to be more of the same forever. Okay. More of the same forever. <laughs> I think they'll they'll never learn, they'll never change, <laughs> and there's nothing left to do. Should we watch the trailer? I feel like you've already seen it. Yeah, 
I've already seen it. That's why you were talking like that? That's why I was talking like that. I didn't mean to, but I got so curious, John. You know, you say that every week. I know. And so I just don't believe you. I just got to remember not to watch it. But I'm so excited. What do you mean? There's one more. I'll just remember not to watch next time. No, you won't. No, I probably won't. I'll try, though. I'll try really hard. Don't lie to me. No, I'm sorry. Oh, Tony has great bangs. Marks the beginning of a new era. Actually, I don't think I saw it. I just, I just don't care. I just don't care now. What, what good is that going to do? I remember everything. We have two hours left. I'm kind of surprised that there's not a longer finale. I, I truly like. I, I looked. At the episode descriptions, if you put this episode at 7.09, the ninth episode of this season, it would function just as well. What is the 7, what was 7.09? That was immediately after Reggie was introduced. Oh, yeah. You could have said it instead of the jugular vein one just to be like, Jughead's dating Veronica right now. And That's it true. worked almost as well, but you wouldn't have introduced as many of the people who are in it. You could have done this halfway. <laughs> And spent the entire back half on the They Remember Now. Yeah. Yeah, you could have done it. But instead you just did episode after episode re-hitting the same beats from the first half of the season. If there was one storyline that you actually, you would have spent more time on, what would it have been? More time on? Yeah. Um, For me, it would have been Ray Bradbury. I think they could have made the entire season about both the atomic bomb and... The uh, the communist thing. Yeah, that would have been fun. I think that could have been everything, you know? I think they definitely could have done more with the um, the, the racial issues, too. But I also understand why they don't I want also, to commit entirely to that, because that that's pretty heavy stuff. I also could have... I felt like they could have pulled back on the comic books if it's not going to really, like, play If it's out. not going to matter. Yeah. yeah. Which I guess we don't know yet what... I think if they could anything. have played a lot more into the Fangs thing because I feel like that would have been encouraging and fun to see. Yeah. You know, to like go out to a, a sock hop or something. Like kids socialize. Kids had lives. And this show this season is just kids go to school and get bullied by adults and then go home <laughs> and get bullied by adults. Sometimes they go to events. There were some events. There were definitely more events in the first half. There's a lot of movie things. They did a lot of the movie theater stuff this season. Right. And like, we, we talked about how that is nice that we see people being entertained. At the same time, it is an activity where all of our characters are sat next to each other watching another screen. Yeah. You really want to get them in an environment where they're hanging out, hugging each other, talking, <laughs> being people who are alive. More school dances. That's what I would have wanted. Did you ever see Brooklyn? No, actually. I'm thinking of Saoirse Ronan. I know what you're talking about, but She's like no. an immigrant. And I know that's way earlier in the timeline. Yeah. But like those people would go out to like local community underground things. And that was their club, you know? It was yeah. just like a, the, whatever they could get, really, where they would find that's people. Nice. I... Wow, I forgot that movie existed until you just mentioned it. Oh, yeah, it's got The Awful Son from Smash in it. Oh, yeah. Emily Bett Rickards from Arrow is in it. Oh, my God. The Awful Son from Smash is actually apparently a good actor, but he's awful. He's great in that movie. Yeah, he's awful in Smash. Like, why was he so awful in Smash? I think it was the scripts. 
He's not that great in Place Beyond the Pines either, but I think that's like an awful character. He's just incredible in Brooklyn. You gotta check it yeah, out. Yeah, I've heard he's great. I don't know what's going on. I hope he's working, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that me? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Well, okay, other than Brooklyn, what are you watching? <laughs> other than that movie. You know what? I've been... You know, I could talk about The Bear. I'm almost done with season two of The Bear. I think cool. it's great. I could talk about Star Trek. The end of their season two was a big cliffhanger, and now we're in a strike, and it's going to be forever, but they did yeah. the puppet monster thing. It looked awesome. Oh. No, you got to see it. It looks cool. great. I guess I want to talk a little bit more about what I'm watching that isn't traditional TV. Okay. So, like... You know, there's not a lot of shows on. So there's like two streaming services that I do a lot if I'm like doing an arts and crafts thing or if I'm cooking at the or if I'm cooking, yeah. it's like kind of background noise but educational. I like Nebula, which is a streaming oh. service that's a lot of YouTubers on that do like their longer form video essay content, stuff people like Lindsay Ellis, Patrick Willems, Film Joy. And it's a different streaming it's service. A di- it's a it's technically its own streaming service. I think it's super cheap though. And they no no ads anywhere huh. on the site. They have this channel called Jetlag the game which is where these guys do these like travel based games against each other where it's like oh they did connect four by capturing u.s states oh, or they turned fun. all of new zealand into a board game where they're racing down the hallways from tip to tail that's fun i'm doing one right now where they're in japan and they turn the entire country into a game of capture the flag oh i'm going to japan oh neat should i do that you should play capture the flag there cool for sure, i love for capture sure. the flag actually that's one of my favorites and then the other one is dropout which is the one from the college humor people have a streaming service called Dropout. Oh. They have like a lot of their old sketches and stuff. They have stuff like Breaking News on there. I watch a lot of their D&D content. Dimension 20 is excellent and very funny. Are these new things? They've been around for a while. But now uh, uh, Dropout has like a deep bench of content actually at this point. They've got a show called Game Changer, which is a, it's a game show, but every episode they have a, new rules they're doing something different every oh, single time i like it and it, it's kind of like they're they have like regular competitors but they're always messing with the competitors of like can you figure out what the game is as we're playing the game then they do stuff that's like improv games very whose line is in any way and they have one older show called total forgiveness that's really incredible that's about two of their employees at college team at the time who are deep in college debt giving oh. each other increasingly radical challenges to get money to pay off their college debt where do they get the money from College Humor. Oh. Like, like, they made a deal. With, they, they they sold the pitch to their boss to do it. But the boss was like, I'm not making up the challenges for you two. Because that so sounds funny. horrible. You two come up with the challenges for each other. Okay. And it's like, it's an incredible watch of like, increasingly, the challenges get so bad that their friendship gets like, it's put on the line. What are they doing? So like, they start with stuff like, Allie challenges Grant to do an interview with a guy while leeches are like on his body. Horrible. And Grant challenges Allie to call their ex. Oh God, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Right, so it's like some intense stuff and it only gets way worse from there. To like, Grant makes Allie sing the pledge, of, or no, the, the national anthem at a baseball game in front of everybody. That's not as bad as... It doesn't, like, no, Grant's aren't, near, aren't nearly as bad as uh, Allie's challenge Allie's for so Grant. Allie has Grant, uh, like, poop in, in a gallery art show in that's, front of everybody. That's literally And he's like, horrible. I think I'm going to quit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then it ends, it, it, they totally pull it off in the oh, end. It's like a really, God. it's really... They could have made a worse show by just being like, let's just be friends right. each other. But the idea from the top was that because they're the two picking the challenges, the only person pushing the gas down are each other. Yeah. So Yikes. It would have been their own damn fault if they had gone all the way. Yeah, that's... But because they were the producers, they were able to pull back. 
That's very interesting and very dark in a way, but also like fun, and I like it. So like that's a lot of what I've been watching lately. That's I would be really mad if please don't ever challenge me to poop in a gallery. You don't have that much knowledge yet, do you? No, I don't. But please don't. Then for we any don't. Other we're, we're good. Hey. Yeah. Thank you. Somebody I feel like Nebula would be more your speed than Dropout, but Dropout yeah. is a well, lot of good stuff. I used to love College Humor. I was obsessed with Very Mary Kate. Do they have that on there? I don't know what that is. So it's um, it's this comedian who's so funny. Her name is Elaine Carroll. She does like an impression of Mary Kate Olsen, but like just it's really like a character loosely based on Mary Kate Olsen. It's so fucking funny, and I was obsessed. I, this is actually a good story. I was obsessed with it in college, and all my friends were. And we were quoted, and we were, like, dressed like her. It's, like, a, it was a very big thing. Okay. Um, no, I don't think they have 10-year-old YouTube sketches. Oh, on no, their, it's so good. It's a whole thing. But it's probably still on YouTube. So I was sitting at a sushi restaurant here, and all of a sudden I look over, and I just, I see Elaine Carroll. And I was like, Elaine Carroll? As though I, like, knew this person. And, I, and she was with a bunch of friends. And I was like, I was obsessed with you in college. Like, you could just tell, like, this was like, imagine you made, like, a 10-year-old, like, sketch comedy series. And then somebody at a sushi restaurant was like, you, you have been my idol for 10 years. I would have been happy. I can think of some people I can yeah. think out like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that. What are you watching? So what I am watching is, actually, I am not going to do what I'm watching. I'm going to do what I'm reading. Ooh. So I'm reading this. We're off the map tonight. Well, kind of, sort of. So I'm reading this book. It's called Delicate Condition. I don't remember the author's name. I think her first name is Danielle. But it's basically, um, it's the premise of this book is going to be the new season of American Horror Story. So for the first time ever, American Horror Story is adapting a book. Really? Yeah, which I think is a good I'm way. Not sure how to read into that. I know. I'm. I at is first it an admittance of failure or a smart uh, uh, move. I think it's smart because I think they should have done it a lot earlier. Had it been uh, done earlier, I think the show might have been stronger in later seasons. Like the first season, second season, third season, even like fourth and fifth season, I think were pretty good. In terms of the story they were telling, perfect, no, but like fairly like, okay, I feel like I got what they're doing. Kind of from there, it's just, I, I liked Apocalypse, it was kind of a mess, but like whatever. But this this is a book that is um, about a woman who, I'm only halfway through, but she goes through like IVF to have a baby and she gets pregnant and miscarries, but it seems like she's still pregnant and like what's happening, like what's going on. And it seems like there are people who are trying to make sure that her pregnancy like doesn't happen. It's like very um, pseudo like Rosemary's Baby vibes, and it's pretty fun. I'm only halfway through, but I'm listening to the audiobook, and I love an audiobook. Would by you Libby. say uh, this combined with that uh, script you wrote? Oh, I did. Is, is there like a baby thing going on? In, <laughs> no, I just you? wanted to read it because I wanted to watch the American Horse. I wanted to read the thing with the American Horse story. Okay. It just keeps coming up. <laughs> it does keep coming up, but it's really not. I promise. I do. I understand the themes, but I promise it's not a thing. I swear it's not a thing. I realize I am starting egg freezing today, so you're probably like, what the fuck is happening to Caitlin? What is she not saying? But no, it's just, it's interesting. It's a good book. Right. Yeah. I promise. No deeper reading. Also, get Libby, because Libby is how you get all these audiobooks for free. Oh, they're not I, our sponsors. We don't have sponsors. We don't have sponsors. Also, that's a free service. One more thing I'm very excited to watch is Red. Re I can never say it, but Red, White, and Royal Blue on Amazon. 
Have you started it yet? No, it's not a series. It's a movie. But it's, a movie. it's a movie. Oh, I assumed it was a show. Everything's a show now. It could have been a show, probably. No, no, no. More shows should be movies. This is good. More shows should be movies. More shows are movies playing pretend. Most things should be a movie. The bear is perfect. <laughs> Except for the bear. The, the bear, bear can stay. Nailing it. Yeah. Yes. Well, anyway, John, two more times we got to do this. Only two more times, and it sure feels it. Oh, I'm excited. I'm sad. Bittersweet. But it'll be fun. Over and out, River Vixens. 